welcome back to Seek the Joy podcast. Happy Seek the Joy Tuesday. On the podcast today is Monica Cade, and Monica is a writer, podcast host, and communication specialist, and our very first guest from Sydney, Australia. And if you know me, you know I was really excited about this because Hello, my name is Sydney, and this was really the first time I had the opportunity to chat with somebody from Sydney, Australia for the podcast, and I just can't imagine a more perfect first guest than Monica. Monica is highly sought after for her work with entrepreneurs, where she helps them find clarity, fine-tune, and express their personal business message and connect to that space within themselves so that they really realize the solutions to their questions. Monica believes that self-expression is the foundation for creating a life we love, and her aim is to encourage everyone to communicate with purpose, clarity, and power. Through her work, she supports people to express themselves and be better communicators, both professionally and personally. Monica has over 12 years of experience in communications and publishing, and it was really fun to hear her talk about her passions for writing, communicating, and interviewing. She started her very first online magazine at age 20, way before the blogging revolution even started, and today she's the host of the Monica Cade podcast. And on today's episode, in addition to chatting about Monica's passions, we talk all about her journey of self-discovery, what it's been like finding her voice and communicating with purpose, the importance of self-expression, and the concept of purpose and how it's really driving everybody crazy. We also talk about Monica's spiritual practice and how to get out of your head and back into your heart. As always, to learn more about today's episode, head over to the show notes section of our website, seekthejoypodcast.com slash show dash notes, and everything is right there. Today's episode is really a must listen. It's honest, heartfelt, and full of so much wisdom. And Monica's journey, both personally and professionally, is so inspiring and Our conversation really resonated with me and I know you're going to walk away feeling the exact same way. So let's jump into it. Without further ado, here is my conversation with Monica. The thing that I really help people do is to give them, give their dream a voice. So I help put a voice to their dream and I do that through writing, through helping them fine tune and communicate their message. And I also have a podcast show where I interview lots of people, many thought leaders, creative minds and disruptors on how they got to where they are and how they found their true authentic voice, which is what I help people do. Oh, I love that. So when you're working with people to really fine tune their voice and their message, is there a certain, I guess, formula or system that you go through or is it really intuitive and based upon, you know, the individual person? Yeah, I would say it's a lot more intuitive. Like, of course, there are certain aspects that are, you know, you could say there's a formula. I'll I'll touch on that in a moment. But what what generally happens is everyone is at a different stage in pursuing their dream or in their business. And so if it's someone that maybe has a business that's already established, 
but they're still a bit stuck in terms of their messaging. I recently worked with a client and, and she has a very big Instagram following. She's an author and a clinical psychologist and she just simply needed help in fine-tuning her speaking topics and, and pitching herself more to the media. And so she already had a very beautiful brand. So it wasn't about you know starting from scratch per se, but it was really just fine-tuning and allowing her to become more clear. So by working with me, we were able to really get to the core of who she is and what she does and focus on bringing that message out. Because a lot of the time, I think we can be so confused by what's around us and we look at what other people are doing. And then we try to take a bit of them and put it into our business. And I personally think that detracts from who we are and our personal message because we've all got something unique to say. So I really encourage the people that I work with to go within themselves and, and, and I help facilitate the answer out of them. So if, if the, if that's someone that I'm working with that they're established, that would be a process. And if it's someone that's really at the beginning of their journey, that maybe they're just, they have a, an idea of the direction they want to go in, but they're not entirely sure, then what we do is we sit down and have a chat and we we really focus on that voice clarification. Like, what is it that you're really wanting to share with the world? What is your message? And, and that changes over time as we evolve, but there's always a starting point. So that's really what I help people with. Oh, that's so cool. That's amazing. I love what you do and the work that you do and the, especially the piece that you touched on in terms of we can look to what other people are doing, but it detracts from our own message and our own brand and what we're trying to convey and, and to the world with, with, with whatever work that we're doing. And what has the process been like kind of getting to the core of who you are in, in your message. And I think you use the phrase voice clarification. I love that. Um, so what has that journey been like for you? <laughs> it's been a very roller coaster ride. That's <laughs> <for sure. laughs> it's funny because I think, I think everybody needs someone that they can talk to that can help really facilitate the answers out of mm -hmm. us. And, and that includes myself. And I guess I've had a few different mentors along the way who have really helped me with that. But my process, I guess, I guess from a quite a young age, I've always been very intuitive and I observe the world a lot and I observe myself a lot. So I've always kind of been very introspective and I try to find the solutions for myself within myself. So the journey, the greatest journey for me has been really getting to know myself. So essentially like a journey of self-discovery. And through that, I think, you know, I've over time developed into who I am today. And sometimes that journey is going and pursuing the things that we think we want, but then realizing, oh, that's not me. And then it's more of a taking away process of, okay, well, that's actually not who I am. I was trying to be somebody else. So that's been part of the journey for me. So many of us are experiencing that right now and all the time where we start embarking on one path and we think that's what we're supposed to do or what uh, we're inspired by and passionate about. And then you sort of get derailed a little bit and discover, no, that's not it. Let me, let me try something else. And how many times would you say you've kind of had that experience where you start on one path and you find yourself on another? Gosh, uh, I don't know how many, but let's just say maybe <laughs> in an overview 10 times. And, and it's funny because 
It's interesting because I think age plays a big part in it. You know, we, mm-hmm. we do grow and we evolve over time. So to think you're pursuing something at age, say 18 to when you get it to 23, then 27, or, you know, as you go along, you're learning more about yourself. So it can be tricky. And what I think, what I've noticed in my journey is that there's, there's been a running theme throughout the detours. So for me, that has always been about interviewing people and writing and communicating through those two forms. That seems to have been the the underlying theme through everything that I've done, even like the detours. And so it's just been observing that and trusting that even those moments where you think you go off track and you do like this, you know, like you said, like you feel like you've derailed, yeah. don't, don't beat yourself up about it because you're realizing what's not you and then coming back to you. So over time, you'll start to recognize little signs, I suppose, as to what feels more like you. I think it's something you learn to embody and and recognize more from a feeling perspective of when you jump into something that's not quite right for you, you can tell it doesn't seem to flow and, and you're trying so hard. And, and then when you start doing the things that are more aligned with yourself you feel more comfortable within your skin if that makes sense yeah it makes so much sense I've noticed in my own life too when I'm doing things that excite me or I feel passionate about you have more confidence and I think greater self-worth and self-esteem because you're following your passion as opposed to sort of hitting your head up against the wall you know trying to do something that doesn't fit with your strengths and your passions and it sounds like writing and interviewing have been two things that you've been really passionate about when did you first start writing and and interviewing Mm, all through high school I know that I was like I did very well in my English subjects now that didn't mean anything to me at that point I didn't I didn't really realize my writing ability until after I finished high school and I was at university and I didn't want to be there I was studying human resources and I was purely there because my parents felt that I needed some sort of a backup and because I wanted to pursue acting at the time and so I thought one day I was walking through university and all of a sudden this little light bulb went off and was like I want to start a magazine and I was like ah okay and so I you know stayed close to that idea and it didn't happen straight away but over the next couple of months it kind of grew stronger and stronger and this was at a time where blogs and online magazines, they were not common. Like only people did them here and there, but it wasn't like a big phenomenon like it is now. And so I ended up starting this online magazine with my friend and he was the creative director and I was the editor. And then we ended up running the magazine in two states in Australia. And because I had to interview people for the magazine, that's when I started realizing that I could write because I'd interview people and then I would write about them. And there was this, I remember the first article that I wrote that I had this beautiful ability to weave together words and Mm. I didn't really, it was just this, it felt really nice and it felt, I, I loved it. And from that moment onwards, I think, I guess I continued writing and interviewing and building different projects and businesses around that component. 
Oh, that's amazing. I love that you started a magazine. Do you still have that magazine now or has it evolved into something different? No. So it ended up, I ended up folding it probably after the two years as Mm. I just felt like it kind of came to a close. And then from that, I developed a few popular blogs that I ran for a while. And then that kind of, you know, over time fizzled out too, because you know, I went in different directions. And then more recently, it was funny, I was approached to become editor for another online magazine. And this was probably like three years ago. And I had complete creative control over it. They said, yep, take it. And I had to rebrand it and put it together. And then eventually we took it to print as well, which was very exciting. Unfortunately, I had to leave the company because things weren't working out with the company. But again, it seems like those things came around again in another form. Yeah, it sounds like your passions just keep showing up in your life in different ways. So how did you then land into doing the work that you're doing now where you work one-on-one with clients? Mm, I guess it's evolved from the experiences that I've had with people coming to me for help, but then also through the experiences that I've had through the magazines and, and the way that I'm able to, I think, you know, it's almost like a blending of interviewing and the writing, because when I connect with people, I know as an interviewer, I'm able to draw out the best of them. And I know this because they've all told me at the end of interviews, like that was one of the best interviews I've done. And it's not for me to, you know, toot my own horn or anything. It's my Hmm. genuine love for it. And I know that I'm able to connect with people and hold that space for them to really communicate their truth. So essentially when I work with people one-on-one as well, that's what we're doing just in a private setting where it's, you know, me and the other person, and we're talking about their dreams and talking about maybe the obstacles that they're facing right now and how we can overcome those, but not me giving them the answer, but really me helping them realize the answer that's already within them. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because I I do believe that, you know, those answers that we search for are already within us. We just, I think, need to get quiet enough or have the help of someone in our life, you know, to help bring those answers out for ourselves. And do you put your work into practice in your own life too, just in terms of, you know, communicating with that purpose and clarity that you talked about earlier and, and getting quiet enough, you know, to, to get those answers from within? Yeah, absolutely. Especially, you know, I like, I like to do something that always brings me closer to myself every single day in every moment that I can be. Uh, even like just before our, our conversation, I actually did a little meditation. Now that's not something I always do. And it wasn't anything to do with this particular podcast, but there's, there's been some answers that I've been looking for for myself. And so I was like, I really feel like I just need to sit and be still because it's so easy for our mind when we're going through challenges to want to look to the world around us to try find the answer We you know, we get into yeah. this panic this scramble and we're like, Oh my God, what am I going to do? And I'm sure your listeners can relate. And and the most challenging thing in those moments is to be still, like you said, it's to be quiet. And rather than ask everyone about what they think you should do is just take time to be still and find the answer. And I think sometimes what people can get frustrated with is that the answer doesn't always come straight away with certain things. Sometimes it does, but it's just being persistent and trusting that 
you will receive the answer if you're patient with yourself and kind and and of course reach out for support if you need I'm not by any means saying face the world alone but I think um for me yeah it's really important to to meditate or go for a walk or I live by the ocean so I love going and just looking at the waves and doing all those things that bring me back to my center to peace and calm they're the things that you know, um, my practice. Oh, I love that. That's beautiful. And living by nature, like in the ocean or a forest or a park or whatever it might be, I think nature has such a powerful way to help ground us and bring us back to ourselves. And something that struck me while you were talking is just about having that faith and that knowing that if you don't have the answer right now, doesn't mean that you won't have it in time. And, and I really do believe that to have, you know, that level of patience, you have to show yourself kindness. And I think it takes courage to be kind in, to yourself in those moments too. Have you always had that level of patience and kindness towards yourself, especially going through, I don't know, maybe more difficult times? Oh gosh, no. <laughs> it's been something that I've learned to and continue to develop over time. And in when I was much younger, gosh, I was so much harder on myself. And over time, I've just learned, you know, to not try to rush things and not need to have the answer for everything all the time. And I think for a lot of people that can be the really scary thing because we're sitting in this unknown and to be in the unknown can be scary because our mind wants to make sure that we're safe and protected and we want to know the answer so we can fix this problem that's in front of us. So it's definitely something that I've developed over time and and anyone can do it. It's just that you have to put in the work and I think for the most part I'm sure your listeners are very different because if they're listening to this podcast, they're, they're interested in developing themselves. But um, a lot of people don't want to put in the effort to do what it takes to get to know themselves or to become still enough to find the answers to their own challenges. It's, um, I always am interested in, in asking a question like that because I think for so many of us, we get very frustrated with not having those answers right away. And, and it's very difficult, I think, to show yourself that love and kindness. And it's a journey. And um, it's something I've definitely started to understand and learn. And trying to show myself, you know, that patience um, can be can be really difficult. And or what has it been like for you to put in that work for yourself and um, to do the work to get to that space of being kinder and gentler to yourself? I mean, are there certain practices that you implement now or, or what does that look like for you? It's been a, a long journey and I don't think it's something that ever ends. I think, you know, the depths of that, the depths that we can go to within ourselves of knowing ourselves is really infinite. You know, we it's not like we ever arrive somewhere. Mm-hmm. So it's an ongoing practice, but in the sense of what I have done, uh, I've had two really good mentors. One, his name is Amir Zoghi and his sister, Gazale Lo. And they, the work that they put out, you know, it's all about self-awareness and self-mastery. And I think going through their programs and doing, doing those programs that help support me to be in the now and be present and to realize that, you know, what my mind is telling me is predominantly not true. They are the things that have supported me to get to where I am today. 
So it's really going through their programs and then also doing my own work aside from that. So each day I will spend some sort of time in meditation, whether that's actually sitting there with my eyes closed and meditating, or it might be just a walk listening to a particular podcast that is around self-awareness, or it might just be sitting still watching the trees with a cup of tea and, but really doing those things mindfully. So I'm not engaging in the thoughts and getting caught up in what I have to do or what isn't right in my life or, you know, the thinking essentially. So it's really just practicing those things every single day. It sounds a lot like you have a spiritual practice that you really um, utilize and rely on. And I think that's so wonderful. And I love the work that you touched on about being in the now. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that's a really powerful message for so many of us. And it ties in, you know, really everything that we've been talking about so far. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, for a lot of us, we're, we're so eager to get away from where we are, myself included sometimes. Like, I'm definitely not perfect and I still have moments where I'm like, I don't want to be here. This is too hard and challenging. And it's just, you know, slowing yourself down in every moment that you can because whatever that you really love to do, if your listeners are chasing their dreams or, you know, whatever you're working towards, if you're, you've been moved in that direction, it's obviously a big love of yours. So you will get there, but there's obviously the journey that you have to go through. And part of the journey is the growth aspects as well. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. You spoke a little bit about um, some mentors that you've had and who or what has inspired you the most on your journey. So I guess in terms of uh, personal discovery, it would be the two people that I mentioned, which was Emiya Zogi and Gazley Lowe. She runs Academy of Intuition. And I can send you those notes in case your listeners are interested in checking out their work as well. Yeah, that would be amazing. Yeah, of course. And Eckhart Tolle's work as well and his book, The Power of Now, like that has also been very supportive. I've always really drawn on that, his work in times of need, I suppose, or challenge. And in terms of professionally, I guess because I love interviewing, I spend a lot of time watching different interviews. And of course, this might be a bit cliche, but I love Oprah. I love the way that she interviews. Don't we all? Oh my gosh. (laughs) She is amazing and such a cool woman. So I do you know, I really admire her work. And then I also really enjoy watching Lewis Howe's, his interviews on his podcast, uh, The School of Greatness. He's got a few really cool interviews as well. So I just like observing people that are out there doing what they love, you know, and, and it doesn't have to be people in the spotlight either. There are so many people that I get to interview who I cross paths with as well that they touch my life too and allow me to learn things about myself. And, you know, even connecting with you, Sydney, it's, it's really nice because we're having a great conversation and, and that then influences my life. And then, you know, our conversation has the ability to influence others as well. So I think, you know, life kind of gives us other inspiration as well. Oh, I couldn't agree with um, all of that anymore. I mean, it's been such an incredible experience to have the ability to connect with so many different people all around the world and, and to hear about their journey and experiences and what has inspired them. And, uh, it leaves, it has an impact on you. And then it's amazing to see sort of the domino effect. So, um, I think inspiration is really everywhere. Yes, I agree. What would uh, you say you've learned the most about yourself going through this journey of self-discovery? Mm. I would have to say that it's 
I can get through anything and I'm a lot stronger than I think that I am. Even in the most challenging moments, I feel like now I come to, I've, what I've come to know a lot more now is that even when something is really hard, I know that I am bigger than this issue and I'm stronger than this issue. And that regardless of the emotions and the pain that I may experience and those feelings of like, I can't do this, I, I, I can't get through this, even those aren't true because I always do get through it. So it's just, I guess, about, you know, staying the course and trusting the process. And I think that can be hard, but I think that is the key. Mindset. I think it's mindset is everything, right? And and believing and knowing that you're bigger than whatever issue or problem you're facing in that moment. And I think for so many of us, we let fear of failure or I think even fear of starting or self-doubt mm. just really get in our way and hold us back and hold us back from living an authentic life and also chasing our dreams. Have you been able to push back or push up against those fears of failure or starting and self-doubt and really begin to embrace who you are and, and what you love and, and chase your dreams? Yeah, it's really what I've come to realize. It's more about leaning into those things. So when you do experience those hard emotions or that fear, it's just to become aware that, hey, I'm experiencing this right now and I can feel this fear and, and I'm afraid of being rejected or I'm afraid of giving this a go and failing. And when you recognize that that's what's holding you back, then it almost starts to disappear because it's only when we fight against what we're feeling that there's that resistance and it breeds more fear. So I think self-awareness and just start observing yourself whenever you witness some witness any type of fear, just go get curious about it and just be like, okay, all right, I'm noticing that I'm feeling a bit fearful now. And, and just observe that and, and let it be there. And then when you do that, take action anyway. Like that's the key because the beautiful thing is we can still take action when we do feel fear. That's where the freedom of choice lies. We have a choice in that moment to either step up and take action despite feeling the fear or we can retreat. And the powerful choice is to keep going, keep going and moving towards that thing that you love so much even when you're feeling the opposite. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it takes a lot of courage to, to be able to do that. And so many people who I've spoken to or interacted who listen to this podcast, um, are really in the trenches of facing moments like that, where, you know, they can see the fear and they do it anyway, or they see mm -hmm. the fear and they feel like, well, can I do it anyway? And I think your words and your, your wisdom, honestly, I think is really so powerful and you're such a great example too of just being able to see those fears and, and push past it. Has there been maybe one thing in your life that you felt has held you back that you said, okay, I, I really can push against it and, and do it anyway? Hmm. I think maybe along the way, it's always been the thing of believing in myself enough. I think there was... I think until my early twenties, there was this kind of courage, this fierceness within me. And I, ne I didn't really doubt myself so much, you know, in terms of my career, I was always very gun ho and I was like, yep, I'm going to do this and I can do this. And, and, and there wasn't even really a thought of, do I believe in myself? And then what was interesting, what happened was 
somewhere after that, I started to lose a bit of trust in myself and I started to second guess certain aspects of myself. Like, could I make this work? Could I make my business work? And I think that then became something that would hold me back and that prevented me from doing certain things. Or I noticed even along the years, I mentioned previously when I first started doing interviews and 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 writing and things like that there wasn't a lot of people blogging or doing those kinds of things and then kind of towards my mid-20s there was heaps of people doing it and I was thinking to myself well why should I bother like everybody else is doing it why why should I continue doing this and I think that is a very dangerous spiral to go down I think that the moment we start looking outside of us to what everyone else is doing and saying, who am I to do this? Then it takes away from what we can bring to the table. And we're not in competition with anyone else in the world. Like we've all got something to do and create, and it doesn't matter if it's the same thing as somebody else, because we're all going to do it differently. So I guess for me going from, you know, having that really good self belief to losing it along the way. And then I guess reconnecting with it and just trusting in myself more, that's probably been one of my hurdles. Yeah. I think so many of us experience that, you know, especially what you were talking about just now in terms of, you know, who am I to do this if someone else is already doing it? And the first thing that popped in my mind when you said that was, well, who are you not to do it? I think Mm -hmm. we all have something so unique to give and uh, we all communicate differently. We all have different perspectives. And um, I think it's about celebrating those different perspectives. And you definitely do that in your writing. And I, I really feel a strong connection with you in terms of the experiences that you've had, just in terms of beginning to start to celebrate your voice and what you have to offer to the world. And do you think now where you're at, you've really begun to really own your voice or do you feel like you still have more to do? I think I have definitely begun to own it a lot more. And I think I can tell that as I'm really starting to connect much more deeply with who I am, then that voice is getting stronger. So I feel like, yes, it's going to, that, that connection is going to grow stronger and stronger. And, but I'd say like, you know, going through that process of doubting my voice was critical in order to get me to hear. So I'm constantly going within, you know, kind of like I was saying with my clients, you know, we've got to go within and draw it out. So that's what I'm continuing to do. And yeah, I feel like it's going to get stronger and stronger from here. Yeah. I think it's like you said earlier, I mean, it's a process and, uh, and at different ages, you know, we're at a different space within ourselves too. I'd love to talk to you a little bit about your joy journey because we are on Seek the Joy podcast. What does that joy look like in your life? Are there things that you do to bring yourself joy? I mean, do you kind of schedule it into your day? What does it look like for you? Sure. So joy for me is the little things. I guess for me, I'm very much of the little things are so important to me and that they, they make a difference. You know, I, if someone writes me a card, I'm so grateful for that because that really touches my heart. But in my own life, the way that I really make sure that it's filled with joy is, you know, in the mornings, I love, I love going for my walk. And then I love sitting down with my coffee in the morning and just, you know, pondering or listening to something uplifting or watching nature. And that is a little joy moment for me. And I I love to do that. 
And I know that doing that in itself will set me up for my day. Or I have a new baby nephew and I love spending time with him because babies are so sweet, you know, Mm -hmm. they're just like little bundles of joy. So it's really nice to watch him grow and see him transform. And so that's another aspect. And I guess it's also uh, connecting with the people that I feel uplifted around. So I have a few close friends and I spend a lot of time with my family as well. And doing those things is what keeps me closer to myself. And, and yeah, all those things are the things that bring me joy. Oh, I love that. And you're so right about babies and they just have so much joy. I mean, you just smile at them and they crack up laughing and they're so (laughs) excited to be here. And I think so many of us sort of lose that as we get older and forget about the things maybe even as a child, you know, that brought us joy and, and made us feel alive. And, um, I don't know if this resonates for you, but I think, I feel like for so many of us, we don't maybe feel that there is that room or that space in our lives for joy. And so I just really love what you had to say about it. And has there been maybe a moment or something in your life that really propelled you or pushed you to want to continue to, to chase that joy in your life? I think, I don't know that there's been necessarily a moment, but I think it's more that an awareness of who I am and how I then present myself in a world in the world when I am doing the things that I love and that bring me joy. And I think, like you said, people might say, Oh, well, I don't have time for that, but it's like, it's your choice. You know, Mm -hmm. you have a choice to be joyful and that choice can be as simple as like sitting in the sunshine for five minutes and surely you can take five minutes or even two minutes if you don't have time for that just just finding anything and 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 I think what's important to add in terms of doing things that bring us joy is that it doesn't have to be something for your career like you said when we're younger kids and babies they're so joyful and they just kind of play a lot and Mm -hmm. as adults we don't do that so much. And I think that's why there is that seriousness amongst us. But if, if you're an artist and you like to draw, but you're not doing that for a career, it doesn't matter. Just sit down and draw, you know? And if you like gardening, then, you know, grow a little herb garden or it it can be such a simple thing. Like it doesn't have to be a huge practice for us all. And yeah, so I think just encouraging the listeners, just have a look at what brings you joy and are you doing that? Yeah, I love that. What does that joy feel like for you? Mm, I would say love, you know, that feeling that you get in your heart where you're just like, oh, this is pure contentment and just pure love where where you don't need to be anywhere else. You don't need anything. You don't want anything. Like everything in that moment is just pure bliss. Oh. I love that. And I know that feeling that you're talking about. I mean, it's kind of like this, I don't know, just joyful, loving, high, you know, and you just want to keep chasing after it and and to feel more of it in your life. And I wanted to ask you too about this a little bit earlier, because so much of your work is about um, stepping into, you know, being who you are and, and speaking your truth and speaking with purpose and clarity and expressing yourself um, in a way, you know, that is true to who you are. And so much of that to me kind of goes back to overall purpose as to who we are and, and what we stand for and, and our role in this world. Uh, how would you define purpose? 
I feel like purpose is something that I bring to my life. So in essence, I feel like I am purpose. And then whatever I am doing in that moment, I'm bringing that purpose to that moment. So I, right now, you know, I am here with you having this podcast and my purpose right now is to be in this moment with you and have this conversation. And like later on, whatever I'm going to do next, like that's where I might, I'm supposed to be. That's my purpose in that moment. I think, in our society now, everyone's going, Oh, what's my purpose? What's my purpose? Like it's this big external thing that you have to discover for yourself. And I completely understand what we're saying when we talk about that, but it's anything that you want it to be. I think, you know, we, we are given gifts, but I also think that we have a choice to use those gifts or we can choose to do something else. So I think purpose is something that we choose and it can be whatever we want it to be. Oh, I love that. And I love the idea and what you just shared about how purpose is really about who you are inward as opposed to this mania, you know, that's kind of going on right now about exactly what you what you said about everyone sort of flustered and what is my purpose and what is my role and what am I supposed to do? And I really agree with you. I really think it comes down to, you know, who you are in any moment and, and what you sort of share with others as opposed to being this, I don't know, title that you wear on your forehead. I had this woman um, a couple, maybe it was a month or so ago, told me to go out into nature and find my purpose. And then she would have a conversation with me. It was about career stuff. And I just Mm -hmm. thought to myself, what are you talking about? I know my purpose. I'm here. I'm breathing. I'm, you know, I want to contribute. I am contributing to society. You know, I have something to offer and I'm, I believe in who I am. I don't need to go out and figure out, you know, what the writing on the wall is for my purpose. And so it's so refreshing and lovely, you know, to talk to somebody who has such a, I think a wonderful perspective on, on that part about purpose. Yeah. Oh, that's so wonderful that you were able to do that. And because I think, you know, people have influence over our lives and that could have gone in two different ways for, you You know, it Mm -hmm. could have gone in direction the way that it did, or you could have gone, Oh my goodness, like I have to go out and I have to go find this purpose. And then you're going to go into your head and be like, Oh my God. Okay. What is this big purpose of mine? Like, how do I find it? And, (laughs) and, And it's taking you more into your head than into your heart. So yeah, well done for um, trusting yourself and and sticking to what you know. Well, thank you. I mean, it took a couple of hours after the conversation (laughs) for me to become to this realization of this woman doesn't know what she's talking about. But you just said something about getting out of your head and getting more into your heart. What would be your number one tip for somebody who, who really wants to do that? I think depending on what stage of how much in your head you are Mm -hmm. is going to depend on how much energy this is going to take. But what I suggest is to, you can do this inside, outside, wherever, but sit down and focus. So if you're starting to feel like you're in your head and you're feeling stressed and emotions are overwhelming you, sit down. And if the emotions are running high. This will be challenging. So don't expect it to be a breeze, but if you can stick with it, it will really work. And so sit down, put your feet flat on the ground and you can either do this with your hands or your feet, but focus your attention to the inner field of your feet or your hands. So essentially try to feel 
the energy and the sensations. Like it could feel like pins and needles or, um, you know, like ants, ants in your hands or, (laughs) um, (laughs) but essentially, so become present. And when you start focusing your attention on those sensations, you're starting to anchor yourself more to this moment and you're coming back into this moment because when we're in our heads, we've, we've lost the moment. We've started living in this little story that's going on in our head. But if you stop and realize that right now in this very moment, you're safe and you're possibly sitting on your couch and nothing's actually happening to you, you'll realize that the story in your head has just created all these like crazy emotions and you've lost yourself. So the more we can relax our body, the more we will connect back more with our heart and stay out of our head. And again, it's such a practice. So, you know, you might find that really challenging the first few times that you do it, but the more and more you do that, then the more connected and more anchored to this moment you can keep yourself. Oh, I love that. And you know what that reminds me? Obviously, you're talking a lot about getting out of your body and getting out of your head that way. Well, more like getting out of your head and getting more in touch with your body. But it really reminds me too of just really the need for so many of us to really ground ourselves and and figure Mm. out how to stay grounded. And especially with... I mean, I'm sure you can relate to this, but there is so much stimulation and there's so much going on on our phones on with other people. I mean, it's nonstop. Do you really return to that sort of practice for yourself to keep yourself grounded or are there other things that you do? Yeah. So I definitely do that practice and other times it might be breathing. I'll just take quite a few deep breaths and really just focus my attention on the breath going in and going out, especially when my thoughts get really loud. Sometimes I might just go for a walk because it will snap my mind out of the repetitive cycle of thoughts that it's going through. Cause essentially that's all it is. We get stuck in this monotonous thought cycle. So it's about breaking that cycle. So change your environment, connect deeply with the, your body and don't go on your phone all the time. I think, I think people do that mindlessly a lot. You know, mm-hmm. I think there's, I think using social media and being on our phones with purpose and intention, I think, sure, go for it. You know, there's so many wonderful things we can achieve with that. However, if you're doing it just to like scroll through Instagram or read Facebook feeds that are just telling you that, oh, I'm going to sleep now, or I just made breakfast, (laughs) how is that really uplifting your life? Or and, and what purpose is it serving? You know, like we, we only have a certain amount of time on this planet and none of us know how long we're here for. So where are you spending your time? And if you've got a big dream you're chasing after, if you're investing your energy into focusing on what everyone else around you or on social media is doing or what you think that they have, then, you know, you're wasting your energy in places that aren't going to give you a good return, you know, of joy even. Cause a lot of the time people look at stuff on social media and then they walk away feeling upset because their lives don't look like the people on, on Instagram or whatever. So I think it's just, you know, use technology mindfully and just observe what other aspects you may use as an escape in your life. Like some people might use food or TV or, or being busy, you know, because people are so afraid of being still and just being that we have to find something to do to fill the space. So I would just suggest those things. 
Oh, yeah. I th- what really strikes me, too, about what you're talking about is I think for so many, there's this real fear of being alone with yourself and being alone with your thoughts and what's going to come up and what are things that I maybe I don't want to face. And, and I think what, you ta- what you're talking about in terms of just starting to be more mindful of where you're spending your time and are the things that you're surrounding yourself adding to your quality of life as opposed to making you feel worse or hurting or, uh, you know, taking away from your quality of life. I think for me, a lot of that looks like gratitude and reminding myself of what I'm grateful for. And, you know, just because it doesn't look like this highly photoshopped edited picture on Instagram, you know, doesn't mean that my life, um, isn't wonderful and magical. And how does gratitude show up in your life or, or even what role does gratitude play? Mm. I think I notice that a lot in the moments I spend with people that really energize me and, and I feel really happy around. And, you know, when they, if I catch up with a couple of girlfriends and then they leave, I, I just, I'm always smiling, you know, smiling from my heart after Mm -hmm. they leave because I've had such a beautiful time. And it's those moments where I feel that joy, where I'm just like, wow, thank you. I'm so appreciative for this experience and for having these people in my life or someone might do something unexpected for me. And it's just those little things again, where I stop and appreciate that. And cause it's so easy to focus so much on what isn't going right in our lives rather than place our attention on what is, you know, in, in every day we have amazing things happen. And a lot of the time they're little, so we don't really pay attention to them. Like it could be that you get green lights all the way to work, or it could be that you get a parking spot that's in a really good position, or maybe someone shouts you a coffee or you get a compliment or, you know, you have a beautiful conversation with someone or a stranger says hello. And, you know, you have a funny little, um, interaction on the street, like all those little things, they're things that, you know, light us up. But a lot of the time we'll be like, oh no, um, I, I don't have enough money at the moment and my business isn't really going the way that I want it to. And I just had a fight with my partner and, you know, it's easy to focus on the negative stuff, but if we could be more grateful, I think then we start to look out for those things more. Oh, absolutely. It totally shifts your mindset, you know, from, from that space of, okay, what isn't here? What do I lack to, wow, look at all of the things that I do have in my life that I'm grateful for. And and then speaking, you know, about, you said this phrase, I'm trying to remember what it was, but I think it was smiling from your heart. I love that because I think it, it really goes back to, you know, being in tune and in touch with yourself and what excites you and brings you joy and um, kind of speaking about smiling from your heart. What are you most excited for this year? Because we're still early in 2018. Yeah. So I guess one thing I'm really excited for is I wrote a book last year and I've, I'm going to print with it this year. So I'm excited for that. And then I've just wrapped up an amazing podcast with a good friend of mine and we've we've two episodes have gone live but we've just finished recording the other episodes so that's been like a really fun and enjoyable experience I know we're like you said it's so early in the year and I mean you can find that on my podcast show actually if you look up the uh, Monica Cade podcast Mm -hmm. there's series called the fiercely courageous conversations podcast with dr rebecca ray and that's a really it was it's been such a fun project you know and i've just as i said to her a couple of times i was like oh this is one of my favorite things that i'm working on at the moment so i think 
those two things, one now has finished and the other one's in the pipeline. So yeah, they're the two things I'm most looking forward to. Oh my gosh, a book too. That is amazing. Oh, I hope, um, well, I'm sure it will be published internationally. So I have to get my hands on a, on a copy of your book, but that's amazing. Wow. You do have this amazing podcast, you know, where you've interviewed some incredible, you know, thought leaders and entrepreneurs. Mm. Is there, um, anyone that you, that you loved your favorite guest or the, your favorite conversation that you've had? Mm. Let me think. There's been a few. I really enjoyed my conversation with, um, he was my first podcast actually. He, his name's Bin Jang and he's a magician and he's a communication, uh, I don't know what he is like. He's a speaker as well. And he was really cool. Like he was just funny and, um, just, we had a really good conversation. So he was one. And then who else have I interviewed? Gosh, it's funny, like, I forget who I've interviewed over the time. Um, I'm just trying to think. You know, it's funny, it's the people that I, that might not be well known or um, that I seem to have, like, really good conversations with, so... I don't know if that answers your question. I've given you one. No, it totally does. (laughs) You can obviously relate to this, but I've had so many incredible conversations with people, you know, who aren't super well known or don't have that huge, you know, presence on social media or, you know, in the media coverage period. And we all just have so much to say and it's so, have so much value and there are so many unique perspectives. And that's just been my favorite part, you know, just hearing what people have to say. Okay. So for someone who is listening to this episode and really inspired by you and your work, what would be your biggest advice for someone who wants to take risks and follow their passion and, and really put themselves out there the way that you have? Mm. Just take the first step. Don't try to work out how it's all going to unfold. Don't try to work out how you're going to do it all. And you may not know how to do it all, but and this is something I also practice when I get stuck. I just go, okay, Monica, what is the next step? So I encourage the listeners to whatever it is that you're hoping to pursue today or tomorrow, just take the first step towards it. And it can be the smallest step. It could be purchasing your domain name. It could be having a conversation with someone who might have some knowledge about whatever it is that you want to begin. Just take that first step because from that first step, the next step appears. But without taking the first step, the rest of the path can't unfold for you. Oh, I love it. And those steps, you know, ultimately lead you to whatever the end result might be. And um, I mean, if your life is any testament, I mean, the way it unfolds is going to be different than you maybe anticipated right away, but that doesn't mean, you know, that is, is, isn't exciting and full of joy and has so much promise. And I love, I love your advice along those lines too. What, what is your biggest dream? My biggest dream is to always live according to my truth. So always follow that feeling, whatever it is. And I know that there are, in terms of dreams of things that I want to achieve, like I would love to publish my book. And uh, one of my biggest material dreams is to also have a beautiful beach house. And those in terms of, you know, achieving something external world, that's what they would be. But yeah, my biggest dream is to always, always follow my heart. 
Oh, I love that. This has been such a wonderful conversation and I've so enjoyed getting to know you and, and learning more about your journey and and the work that you do and where can everyone find you and and get more involved? Sure. So if you want to get in touch, you can check out monicacade.com. That's with Cade, K-A-D-E.com. And you can find my work there and you can contact me through the website. If you would like to follow me on social media, you can do that at Monica Cade. And I'm quite active on Instagram, Facebook, not so much, but I'm still there. But yeah, any, if you, my website or Instagram, I will always respond. So I'm delighted to answer any questions that anyone listening has as well. Oh, wonderful. Well, thank you. And I will include all of this information um, in the show notes for today's episode, including the great links that you talked about earlier. And uh, thank you so much for being on Seek the Joy podcast. I've really enjoyed connecting with you. And um, it's so cool to talk to somebody in Sydney, Australia, uh, my (laughs) namesake. And um, so thank you. This was really lovely. Uh, Thank you, Sydney. Yeah, it was an absolute pleasure. And thank you for your thoughtful questions. It was a wonderful interview. guys thank you so much for listening to this week's episode with monica cade i am convinced that we could have kept chatting for at least at least another hour i so enjoyed this conversation before we go just a couple of quick housekeeping things first of all we are gearing up for the third episode in the power of storytelling it's going to air on march 22nd and i would love for you to be part of it so to send in your story head over to our website click on the share your story tab and scroll down and fill out our interest form Uh, once you submit the form i'll get in touch with you and we'll talk about sharing your story whether it's for March's episode or April or any episode in the future, I would really love for you all to be part of it. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about or with like a brief um, refresher, The Power of Storytelling is a series that I started in January and it airs the third Thursday of every month. And it's an opportunity really for you to share your story in your words, stories of self-love, kindness, empowerment, stories about seeking joy, the highs and the lows and what joy feels like for you, stories about showing up for yourself, stories about staying true to who you are, staying grounded, overcoming obstacles. I mean, really, the the sky is the limit here. And I've had the best time sharing your stories and connecting with this community. And I would just love for you guys to be part of it. So feel free to reach out at any time with any questions and make sure to head over to the website to learn more and fill out our interest form. Okay, last but not least, before we go, thank you so much to everyone that has rated and reviewed the podcast on Apple iTunes. Ratings and reviews help us get seen by new people and helps this podcast to grow. So if you feel so inspired to leave us a rating and review, make sure to email me a screenshot of your review to sydney at seekthejoypodcast.com and I will send you my brand new guide for infusing more joy 
joy into your life, as well as a couple of Seek the Joy podcast stickers. I really created this guide and these stickers because I wanted a way to say thank you uh, for your love and support of the podcast. I can't tell you guys just how much it means to me. I've had the best time over almost the last six months uh, doing this podcast. So thank you. And that's it. Thank you guys so much. If you got to this point, I am sending you a million hugs and thank yous and high fives and have a wonderful rest of your week. And I will see you right back here for another Seek the Joy Tuesday.